0: Section 107 of In the Nursery of My Bookhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mora. In the Nursery of My Book House. Edited by Olive Beaupre Miller. Across the Fields by Anatole France. After breakfast, Catherine goes out into the meadows with her little brother Jack. When they start out, the day is as young and fresh as they are. The sky is not exactly blue. It is rather gray, but a gray that is softer than all the blues in the world. Catherine's eyes are the very same gray and seem made out of a piece of the morning sky. Catherine and Jack go quite alone into the meadows. Their mother is a farmer's wife and has work to do at the farm. They have no nurse to take them out, but then they don't need one. They know the way. They know the woods and the fields and the hills equally well katherine can even tell the time of day from seeing where the sun is in the sky and she has knowledge of all kinds of nature's secrets that city children never dream of little jack himself knows many things about the woods and ponds and mountains for he has the soul of a true little country boy the meadows katherine and jack go through are full of flowers and on the way katherine picks a bouquet of the pretty blossoms She gathers blue flowers and poppies and cowslips, as well as buttercups or stewpans. As some call them, she gathers the dark spikes of the milkweed, and storks, bills, and lilies of the valley, whose little bells give out such a delicious odor, when stirred by the least bit of wind, Catherine loves the flowers because they are beautiful. She loves them too because they make such lovely ornaments. She is only a simple little country girl with her pretty hair hidden under a brown cap. Her cotton apron covers a plain little dress and she wears wooden shoes. But there are things which little girls know from the day they are born. Catherine knows that flowers make fine trimmings and that lovely ladies pu- who put bouquets in their corsages look even lovelier for doing so so she thinks she must be very fine indeed just now because she has a bouquet as big as her head her ideas are as fine and airy as her flowers there are ideas that you can't put into words there are no words good enough for them They require tunes and songs, lively and sweet, and gay and gentle. So Catherine sings while she gathers her flowers, bits from her nursery songs, I'm going to the woods alone, or my heart I give to him, my heart I give to him. Little Jack is a different sort altogether. He has other ideas. He is a regular boy. He isn't out of petticoats yet, but his spirit is ahead of his years. And there's no spirit finer than that though he keeps a good hold on his sister's apron with one hand for fear of falling he lays his switch about him with the other hand with all the strength of a sturdy boy his father's head workman doesn't crack his whip any louder over his horse's heads when he leads them back from the river Little Jack is not going to spend his time in soft sleep and dreams. He doesn't care anything about wild flowers, for his make believes he thinks of hard work. He makes believe about carts stuck in the muddy roads and percher on horses tugging at their collars as he shouts at them. Catherine and Jack climb up above the fields on the slope of the hill to a little knoll where they can see all the fires of the village scattered through the foliage and toward the horizon the steeples of six different parishes. It is a place which makes you realize how great the world is. Catherine thinks she can understand better now the stories that have been told her about the dove and the ark and the people of Israel in the promised land and of Jesus journeying from one village to another. Let's sit down here, she says. She seats herself, and spreading her hands, scatters her flowery harvest round her. Her little body has been perfumed with them all, and in a moment the butterflies are circling round her. She picks and arranges the flowers, and makes garlands and crowns of them, and hangs little bells at her ears for earrings. Little Jack, occupied with his imaginary horses, catches sight of her, thus dressed up, and at once is seized with admiration. A pious thought strikes his little soul. He stops, and the whip falls from his hands. He sees that she is beautiful. He would like to be beautiful, too, and covered with flowers. He tries to express his wish in his pretty obscure way, and though he feels that he tries in vain, Catherine understands. Little Catherine is a big sister, and a big sister is a little mother. Yes, dearie, cries Catherine, I'll make you a beautiful crown, and you'll look like a king. So here she is plaiting together blue and red and yellow flowers into a chaplet. She puts the crown of flowers on little Jack's head and he turns red with joy. She puts her arms round him and lifts him off the ground and stands him all covered with flowers on a great stone nearby. She admires him now because he is beautiful and because it is she that has made him so. Standing upright on his rustic pedestal, little Jack understands that he is beautiful and the idea gives him a deep respect for himself. He realizes that he is sacred. Stiff, immovable, his eyes round, his lips shut tight, his arms hanging, his hands open, and his fingers sticking out like the spokes of a wheel. He tastes a solemn joy. The sky is over his head. The woods and the fields are at his feet. He is in the middle of the world. He is only good, only beautiful. End of Section 107. Recording by Mora from Minneapolis.